I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Takshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello and welcome to All Things Policy episode. Today we're actually going to talk about. sports and not just about the you know recent uh, sports developments but going a little bit on the flashback mode so all of us are tuned into sports with more of here and now updates catching up on the newspaper scores for IPL or who won the tennis match but my colleague Malti is with me here today and uh, she's been a sports enthusiast and looking at sports policy as an area of interest that she kinds of uh, thrives in so here's a quick uh, flashback view that uh, she wants to take us through especially about the sports policy in india welcome to the all things policy podcast once again marty so let's hear it from you yeah thanks samya thanks so i'd like to first uh, give uh, all of us an overview of india's sports policy journey right so sports is is not new to india i mean it's from the vedic times that you know we've been that we've been participating in things like archery wrestling you know all these sports have been a part of indian space i'll start off from post independence so from 1947 and so immediately after independence not not much was done it's only in 1951 that the first asiad games was held in new delhi and uh, during that time we didn't really have any sports body as such this was the first games uh, that was held and india did fairly well as the host nation but uh, there was nothing really devoted towards you know uh, ensuring that uh, sports is uh, the, on the mainstream so it was only in 1954 that the all india council of sports was was created and this essentially the the focus here was to promote sports in the country so the the advice the the role of the aics was predominantly to advise the government on issues such as the national sports policy uh, the funding of national sports federations the nsfs which we have 61 of at this point in time and of course uh, providing coaching for elite athletes when i say elite it's more for athletes who are participating at the national and the international level okay, so this happened in 1954 now there's a, there's a lull of 28 years close to 3 decades before then you know anything was done regarding sports it was only in 1982 that and this is again when the asia asian games was hosted in new delhi and that was during indira gandhi's uh, time that a sports department was created at the uh, union level it was uh, known by a different name then uh, currently it's known as the ministry of youth affairs and sports and uh, the first act of the mbias was to introduce india's first national sports policy so the nsp came into effect then and it was around the same time that sai which we all know because it's all over uh, india the sports authority of india uh, was launched primary focus of sai was to develop coaches and physical education teachers to kind of grow participation in sport and physical activity like you know throughout india and of course to enhance the sporting infrastructure which we didn't really have much of okay this is a point uh, here is that 1982 in the jawalal nehru stadium was built specifically for it it was the first stadium that was built with that sort of um, infrastructure and you know as a multi event uh, um, setup so uh, again between 1982 and 1984 is when you know things started kind of falling into place in ter- with respect to having a national sports policy the first one which was uh, which happened around that time as well as sai which is a sports authority of india having uh, starting to kind of make inroads but then 
unfortunately took another 17 years before anything substantial could be done on the policy scene in india between 86 and, and 2001 there's again a 17 year you know period when other sporting ecosystems you know in many other nations sort of uh, updated their policies uh, made it more relevant and you'll notice that there was also a sort of an uptick in terms of you know nations of even small nations participating in sports and kind of making you know making the news it could be a jamaica which is a very small nation economically they're not very you know uh, sound but they've they're known for their athletic competency so some nations really kind of made those inroads because of the changes that they did in their sports policy and the sports culture in general okay, but india we didn't see much till again 2001 and 2001 is when the uh, the national sports policy was updated and the focus here of the nsp was uh, if you notice from the initial stage of 1954 where focus was more for elite athletes and then you know advising the government on national sports policies 2001 the focus became more for mass participation in sport so essentially mass participation was to be led by the union government and the excellence at the elite level was a combination of both the union as well as the uh, state so that was kind of how it was envisioned and sai was then uh, collaborating with the indian olympic association and nsfs and these are the national sports federations each sport has its own nsf which is an autonomous body and uh, this was was kind of uh, envisioned and and started at, in 2001 and nsfs were to promote the elite sport excellence at this point in time so 2001 is when we started seeing significant changes happening in the national sports policy unfortunately again there was a bit of a, a lull but this time it was around 10 years but during that time there was some progress being made but it was in 2011 that the then the manmohan singh led government introduced a national sports development code the nsdc this was to again if you notice now the the spectrum of 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 what the 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 code or the policy entails is has is much larger now and it's also more nuanced in in the sense that they're focusing on promoting active lifestyle child and youth development social inclusiveness improving employment opportunities they're looking at also peace and development Uh, through sports and of course the national pride the belongingness and the national pride that comes with it so these were the, the focus areas in, in in 2011 and before we moved into 2014 when the national youth policy came into effect and again it's it is if you notice that the focus is more on youth because india is a very young nation we have uh, predominantly you know a huge chunk of a majority of our population is below 35 years so at, at this point in time I, even the even the government realized that fitness involving youth for social inclusiveness and other things was very important and also to help you know with the uh, employment opportunities also right so this happened in 2014 it was at the same time that a number of schemes were launched so we had something called the target olympic podium scheme tops it was launched at the, at the same time uh, which was actually focusing on athletes specifically to ensure that they kind of the elite sports that they kind of representing at the international level they had funded they given the proper support like coaches and and uh, nutrition and other things and uh, that the the focus for them will be pr- just to kind of ensure that they can you know be in the top 3 the olympic level and you have noticed it was during that time soumya that ma- many uh, you, india kind of made its sort of presence felt right yeah. uh, at the international scene as well of course a number of other schemes like in the kelo india which many of us hear of kelo india also has its own different schemes at the school level the youth as well as the university games so you'll see a lot of that happening and that has been happening over the last 5 6 years and but the only thing here was that uh, the policy has not been adopted at different nsfs because of many 
the national code of good governance in sports which was introduced later in 2017 at the time when the kelo india scheme came into effect this was essentially to bring in universal principles of good governance ethics and have certain norms set right to to right. kind of weed out all these uh, issues that we're having right but this didn't see the light of day unfortunately and is because of you know the legal loopholes that were kind of utilized by the men, many of the nsfs because as you know now our politicians <laughs> you know have unfortunately made inroads and they're you know leading many of these bodies they don't have the subject matter expertise but they're there they're there to yeah. lead uh, and that's kind of creating a lot of contributing to a lot in terms of the poor governance in terms of corruption and other things and and the ncggs that is the national code of good governance in sports can be implemented i'm sure many of these notable you know lacunas that we have can be easily you know overcome yeah Oh, thanks, Palti. That was like a, a quick view. Yeah, I forgot to introduce myself, but I'm Saumya, <laughs> and uh, I had corporate affairs at Takshashila. But this was uh, more to give a context to people that I'm more a sport uh, enthusiast in the context of fitness. And Malti has been into the sports policy arena now. So thanks for like uh, giving us um, deeper insights about the role of the National Sports Federation. And of course, there's a huge lull and high that we have gone through, right, from '47 till now. But interesting. to see how youth policy and the schemes and the kelo india have kind of come over time and yep. i think uh, the most pressing need for us to kind of focus on now is the national code for uh, good governance in sports right i think that's the one that's lacking and that's why we see the turmoil that we are in today so malti just to understand in the global context right where do you see india's place in the world especially in the context of sports and you know of course we'll get into the barriers and more of uh, what would enable us to get there but um, uh, give us a fair idea about where are we on that front yeah so india um, i'll just give a snapshot of where india is in terms of uh, you know uh, in its place in the world now uh, as you know unfortunately we recently took have the distinction of being the most populous nation close to 1.4 billion we do have the we are the seventh largest country in terms of landmass and as mentioned the youthful workforce that we have or the, the, the youth demographics large percentage of the population is below 35 years right from the cultural side uh, we are um, you know we ha- do have the uh, characters but very diverse i mean diversity in terms of religion culture language ethnicity uh, why i'm mentioning all this is it makes india unique in many ways but it also poses a lot of challenges especially when it comes to implementing uh, policies right mm. i mean recent past we have uh, there's some economic growth that we've noticed and uh, of course on the technology we are uh, thriving as a technology sector it's, it's recognized as a global hub for it services and uh, software development and uh, innovation so that's that's something that we should really bank on in terms of spreading the word in, in terms of ensuring that even sports and other things can reach the masses right technology is something which we really have a, a kind of advantage of course being the lar- one of the largest uh, the democracy that uh, we have a good democratic framework that allows us for regular elections there is a robust uh, judiciary as well as free uh, press so these are things again uh, why i'm highlighting is that we can use this to our advantage rather than you know having the media or the, the social media or press kind of just sensationalizing certain things and not focusing on the real problems right. that we yeah. have at hand yeah. right and of course our strategic ge- geopolitical position is something we should not forget and the soft power as well right we have an influence globally through our rich cultural heritage you know art music and why not with sports also yeah 
so namalti if you have to look at what are the constraints we have you know to go towards you know full potential that this country has so we know that a lot of things are in our favor but we also probably uh, need to look deeper into what what is limiting this country because you say a lot of youth there is talent and uh, smaller pockets where people excel in specific sports because just the way we are built or the kind of experience we have had right so yeah. it will be useful to understand that right so uh, one thing i missed mentioning earlier is that uh, sports policy is actually a state subject and it's stated in our um, in our constitution as well uh, seventh schedule says that uh, you know sport is listed as a state subject which means that the state has authority uh, in terms of uh, spelling the rules and how things jurisdiction wise as well uh, the union has been sort of playing a role in this but we should keep in mind that as as mentioned earlier right because we're so diverse in terms of our culture and ethnicity we need to we need to keep in mind that each state has mm. its own share of problems right economically and otherwise i know that as a country and even as uh, as different states our focus would be in different areas priority would be you know kind of to ensure that there's enough jobs so employment is a is a you know priority for each state healthcare you know removing poverty you know ensuring that we are moving up in the socio economic so all these things are obviously primary will be the primary focus of governments right but sports can be that you know can really help us overcome many of these many of the social barriers that are there uh, and um, some of the hurdles that we see as significantly from a social angle is things like uh, stereotyping the cultural taboos you know about what uh, only certain sports only women can uh, yeah. expected to perform like you know for if you look at wrestling or boxing it's, it's predominantly known as as a male sport right but then in the recent past we have had many women kind of uh, come to prominence mary com being one classic example socially again the hurdles typically that we have are athlete safety and safety is now um, in, with respect to many aspects we have recently seen the the you know, sexual uh, harassment cases in the wfi which is still kind of being dragged uh, despite uh, many months uh, since it was uh, first brought up there's gender bias there's uh, poverty which kind of is a deterrent obvious and as a as a country also giving importance to sports as a community right is it something that we really want because as as society if we demand that sports from a fitness angle from a, that it can remove barriers it's kind of becomes part of our daily lives then the governments and the markets will definitely respond we're seeing the markets responding in many ways and i'll come to that uh, in the enablers but we need to keep that in mind also from a hurdles perspective a couple of other things if i club it under governance which everybody knows this poor governance we have an outdated sports policy the states are not doing much except a few like odisha is a fine ex- example where right, uh, yeah. you know they've they've really kind of not just funded uh, but they've also uh, you know prioritized sports right but poor administration corruption nepotism you know poor accountability and politicians occupying positions of authority i think this is kind of been uh, where we have suffered and where the government should not get involved you know you should leave it to the subject matter experts former sports persons maybe have the proper checks and balances in place to ensure that uh, things are being conducted and there's no financial irregularities we saw classic examples where at the commonwealth games uh, that was held uh, that india hosted a few years ago that it was riddled with all of this and it became an international you know internationally known that and that's one of the reasons yeah. why india is not given multi sport events because they see that they're not able to manage it with all these issues that they have right and uh, of course from a resource capacity perspective we're looking at uh, insufficient funding at the state level the only few states who have really prioritized sports there's poor infrastructure at the grassroots 
and for elite uh, level sports development this poor r&d we just have one you won't believe it somewhere there's just one <laughs> national level center you know where there's for research and other things in, in patiala mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is um, <coughs> focusing on um, r&d we, we we might have more uh, in the coming years but currently that's that's another area which has not been given much uh, prominence right? of course the information constraint many people don't even know about these schemes Uh, they're not aware of the data that's out there and the schemes that they could possibly opt for, right? So that's I think awareness as well at the citizen level as in that for the society is also important. Stay tuned to All Things Policy. We'll be right back after a short commercial break. I think as much as this seems like a, a dull moment in this conversation because there is so much that we need to catch up on right. but Malti also tell more about I do see the potential because just surrounded with a lot of youngsters I was actually talking to this youngster who said she wants to do sports physiotherapy and I was like okay do you see a future and she says yeah a lot of people whether they are into hardcore sports or not they are mm-hmm. enthusiastic about ensuring they prevent themselves from injury or when they have an injury they want to kind of be sure how much recovery time has to be given or it just just curious in keeping a lifestyle of fitness and mm-hmm. i feel the markets have also grown a lot in the perspective of having products which creates a huge market right so right. a decathlon kind of space which has given right. access to sports equipment like never before right i mean anybody can go there and it's still reasonably priced and then a lot of things happen uh, within that environment so we see that the market to a large extent is coping and people youngsters are looking at careers so do you see enough of uh, enablers coming away even in terms of uh, sports beat individuals or corporates or non-profits whatever that could be uh, so it'd be nice to hear from yeah so I I'm an optimist at heart <laughs> so I always would, would like to see the, the brighter side so you would notice that the last decade or so there has definitely been a significant you know improvement in terms of the visibility of sports right and it's happened because uh, many of us sports persons at the international level have kind of gotten that recognition uh, but it's also because the markets have opened up if you notice like you like you mentioned the decathlons right you're kind of spoiled for choice in terms of the the kind of equipment that you could uh, get and across different sports earlier you had to go to a sports store and predominantly cricket uh, and maybe you know football and other a few other equipment would have been available and not of good quality as well right you need to really source it from elsewhere but that has opened up and i think the key enablers in the recent past i broadly categorized it into the commercial sports sector and then and the non not for profit sector as sort of you know seeing uh, the light of day I, w- i would say i think what has been uh, good uh, as are the sporting leagues that have come up in india ipl itself i think has been around uh, since uh, for more than 12 years now has a kind of uh, is a good uh, is a fine example in fact the business model has kind of been acknowledged even at the international level uh, they they've done well over the, over the time to iron out the kinks we have other such leagues like uh, you have the indian uh, super league for football ball pro kabaddi league all these have kind of stemmed out of after the ipl started right all the other sports um, also started developing having their own leagues of course they they're, they're still not there in terms of how ipl has uh, conducted itself but but definitely it's it is for the better because when you have these franchises and um, and um, league promoters right investing in grassroots infrastructure 
training and also kind of talent scouting it augurs for you know better days for india as well right so that's one thing that we're seeing we should also keep in mind that you know uh, csr which is which is uh, the corporate social responsibility we have you know certain organizations contributing to that and that actually contributes to the national sports fund so mm. just if i okay. it's more of the csr funding goes to the national sports fund and that in turn is part of the sports budget that's uh, announced at the union level and that that funds the the sai the nsf which are the different sporting bodies uh, if they if they okay. kind of opt for it right so mm. that's where um, the the nsrs contributed and the nsdf and what's been the the key enabler though in the commercial sector are the public private partnerships and this is actually where i would think we should sort of be heading even uh, at the state level state should start thinking of how it can be a win win for the government for the private sectors and ensure that it's it, you know the community benefits overall as a result right so a, a fine example is is jindal uh, jindal steelworks they collaborated with with sai as part of their corporate social responsibility and the the initiative is to oversee the upgrading and the maintenance of infrastructure at sai's regional training center for example in jamshedpur or uh, in other areas right and they have also uh, contributed immensely to odisha's sporting model so i'll just give that as an example where it's a unique partnership between the federations the corporates the sports persons mm-hmm. and with the common vision of achieving sports excellence and this was uh, back in 2013 when it was first envisioned and over the last decade it's now 10 years and the state has brought you know uh, like you know like in the indian uh, hockey league uh, they have the kalinga lances that the state has actually bought it started back then in 2013 and later an mou was signed with leading corporate houses to bring the new model of high performance centers So we have the Kalinga Stadium in uh, Bhubaneswar, which is a multi-sport facility, mm-hmm. and Odisha has, has many such now that they plan or they've already opened across their state, and they've also organized many national and international think, world-class events. You know, across across multiple disciplines, not just hockey, but in swimming, athletics, football, wrestling, and uh, the the key success factor for them has been the PPP. Yeah, okay. public-private mm. partnership. Mm. So all these high-performance centers, they operate on a PPP basis. So you have Tata, Jindal Steelworks, and Reliance. They are the key players. And they they, they do the talent uh, scouting of players and coaches. So they kind of conduct these uh, tournaments across mm-hmm. uh, without the you know, government's interference yeah. to ensure that you know, we don't bring in the political thing. But so they, that's, that's <clears> avoided. And then they pick up players. And then the state provides the facilities. So infrastructure is provided by the state. Mm-hmm. whereas uh, the the corporates are the ones that cover costs for the player accommodation everything you know from the onboarding of the coaches the nutrition everything is taken care of by the uh, corporates, corporates. Well, okay. so and then you have uh, sports uh, you know uh, people uh, former sporting uh, sports uh, players who are kind of uh, playing the role of the coach and kind of ensuring that they're getting the the best uh, in terms of coaching methodologies and other things right so this has been a win win because each one who's an expert in their respective areas yeah. is getting involved right mm-hmm. it's not the government getting involved in everything and then you know uh, making a mess of it mm-hmm. so this has been a very <coughs> successful model and odisha has done it really well and they've also increased their funding the state budget itself in recently uh, 1200 odd crores was uh, was the sports budget uh, for the year so that's odisha is i think uh, is a fine example but then again we need to remember that each state has its own challenges and which is why at the state level is what uh, is where the decisions have to be made in terms of the policy making yeah that would be yeah. a suggestion that uh, that i have okay yeah. 
Great. I think we've come a full circle, Malti. We went through, uh, you know, where it all began to, uh, how things are thriving today. And I completely agree with, you know, identifying talent. We have more uh, sorts of tournaments or even kabaddi for that matter. Mm-hmm. I think uh, yeah. just because uh, these things came to the forefront, you know, children are now more curious about learning the game itself or even playing as right. a casual sport, right? And the uh, PPP model, I think, is great uh, for anything, heritage, sports. A lot of these things work while state has some capacity to do what is crucial, but then you have other players coming in with the money and other instruments in it, right? Right. like you said, in smaller pockets, I think still things are happening. Uh, of course, Joy Bhattacharya on the football front, on the northeastern side, just giving a ball to a child made a huge difference to right. that community right. and everybody is out there playing, right? And um, I've also heard that in the uh, court community, a couple of friends who are very passionate about hockey, it happens more like a thing within the families and right. it's taken with, uh, you know, too much seriousness and there is an infrastructure and there's so much energy in the whole thing coming together. In fact, when I was in school, so I studying in a Bishop Horton Girls School and there a lot of uh, people are from Coorg and so hockey that's when that's when I kind of really started my hockey uh, career went on to represent Karnataka right at that point many of these uh, fellow players right were from Coorg and they, they're just the natural uh, yes it comes Absolutely. to they take to hockey yeah, like you know yeah. you know duck to the water yeah, kind of yeah. thing so it's nice to see that the sporting culture is so vibrant in that community yeah. and we have many such also all over India Absolutely. for different sports right? yeah yeah and I'm like more amazed by the thing that you know they will let go of anything like I've had friends who've been in the corporate life and all they'll be like this window we are doing this right. particular thing so it's taken very seriously right. and I like what comes with it right like you ensure that you put aside everything else you plan your schedule so you you're it becomes yeah. part of your uh, exactly to do so life I think that's good and of course schools also are introducing a sports environment more seriously and mm-hmm. I think even a lot of parents will consider a school with a playground uh, than being uh, compromised by it right? Right, so right. I think overall we are uh, heading in the right direction and it's been a lovely conversation with you Malti I think we can do more about uh, looking at the various layers that we have actually missed uh, mm-hmm. talking about today but right. uh, we will kind of come back with more episodes on this front and we will dwell deeper into the context of uh, sports policy and I think there is active citizenship that's required right mm-hmm. as much as we say Absolutely. the government and all of that we need to play a role as well I think uh, you'll have more to say on that front so I look forward to that and uh, look at the economic side of it also more on the budget so right. thanks Malti for your time and yeah I think for the rest uh, you can listen to this All Things Policy episode available on the IBM Podcast Network. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Take thank care. Bye bye. Thank you, Samia. Bye. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM Network. You can tune into them on the IVM Podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashilainst or our website takshashila.org.in. Hey, hey, it's been another great week on the IVM Podcast Network. 
On All Things Policy, Ananya Desai and Rohan Pai discuss recurrent bans on fireworks during festive seasons in India and discuss possible solutions to tackle India's air pollution problem. On the Habit Coach podcast, Ashton Doctor welcomes Sahil Mehta, an esteemed mountaineer and author of the book Break Free. Sahil shares a transformative experience which became the catalyst for embracing discipline and fulfillment. The episode explores the profound impact of vulnerability on personal growth. Folks, if you like our shows, do spread the word. Tell your friends and don't forget to rate and review them wherever you're listening to them. Follow us on social media. We are IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. You'll also find all our shows on YouTube at youtube.com/ivmpodcasts. And finally, we would like to thank our sponsors this week. Omidyar Network India, Abbott, IDFC First Bank and Save Life Foundation. Thank you for making this possible.